to each one here this evening, the one that was willing to come and to die for the sins of the whole world, but it was also your and my sins individually, personally too. You know, sometimes we're so human, and what's new, we are fairly human, aren't we? You know that when things come in our life that we don't understand or don't like or wish we'd have to go through, I've heard people say, well, how could that happen in my life? Does God love me? You know, or does God care about me and, and he allowed this to happen in my life? And you know what all he has to say? Look at Calvary, how much he loves you. Look at Calvary. He loves us more than we can fathom. And so uh, I'd like to say here at the offset, I'm glad we can come here 
and commune worthily because of the blood of Jesus. Only with our sins beneath the blood can we commune worthily. And thank you for being honest and open uh, on your council cards. I know some people had some things to work through, and that's good. It's, I'm glad you did. In other words, we don't, God does not like us to cover up things. He likes to be honest and open. And so when we have this time of uh, letting God search our lives and see how we are with God, it is good that we're honest and open and, and make sure everything is clear between God and us and us and our fellow man. It's critically important. So thank you uh, for being able to say yes to the council meeting questions. We appreciate that. And God is pleased with that. And it's interesting how God works. Uh, Bradley didn't know what I was going to preach on, and I didn't know what he was going to read. But we're going to start out with Isaiah 53. And, uh, but we're going to, uh, and I'm so glad he didn't expound for a while on it, because I want to be able to do that. And, uh, and so let's look at Isaiah 53. The title of the message is, What Manner of Man Is This? You know, it's hard to imagine a man going through what Jesus did. But you know, when he calmed the water, you know, they said, what manner of man is this? That's right. Yeah. He sure is a special one, isn't he? Because he's our Savior. You know, there's no other man that walks beside us like Jesus. There's no other man that knows us like Jesus. There's no other one that cares about you like Jesus. There's no other one that knows what's best for you like Jesus. There's no one that if we follow has a, has a big picture knows how to get it done like Jesus. There's no one that has a future that can make a future home for you like Jesus. And I pray his name. What manner of man is this? This is Jesus. That's what it is. But you know what? He wanted so bad to have you as his child. He did what's undescribable. It's amazing what he did. Isaiah 53, starting at verse 3, reading to verse 7. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, yet so he openeth not his mouth. Verse 11. He shall see the travail of his soul, that's God, to see the travail of Jesus' soul, and shall be satisfied. By this knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. And I'm so glad that he was willing to go through this process, and we all are, but he was despised, and he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And I'll tell you, friend, Jesus was willing to bear the shame for all your and my sins. Now, that was back in an age when there was shame. You know, now there's, there's but no shame or whatever. <clears throat> there still is shame. 
There's still shame in sin. But Jesus knew that you and I would need him. And because he knew the verse, all, that we're all like sheep. We're out in the pastures. And we're untrained sheep, obviously. And so we go our own way. We do our own will. And guess what? We need Jesus. For us to live pleasing in his life, we need Jesus. And, and he knew that. Because we were all going to go our own way. Every sheep went their own way. But this man was willing to lay on him the iniquity of your and my sins, the sins of the whole world. Now, mine was enough, and yours would have been enough, but it was the sins of the whole world. So it was more than a global picture. It was, in, it was also very individualistic. We take him as an individual savior. So he was oppressed, and he was afflicted, but he didn't open his mouth. Now, I don't know if ever you've been ridiculed and you knew what was right. You could answer them right, and yet you decided to close, not talk. And that's, that's pretty tough, actually, for most men that, uh, that feel like they have answers to things. You know, to sit there and to stand there and to take it silently. What manner of man is this? He's Jesus, that's what. You know, we sang... We want to be more like Jesus. We want to be more like Jesus. Yeah. He gives us a beautiful picture how to take suffering. He gives us a beautiful picture how to be reviled and not revile again. You know, that's man's doings when they're oppressed to get even. It might be subtly. It might be more in a kind way than the person gave us. But you know what? He, he was willing to be afflicted and go through this and not revile again, not, not to ridicule, not to come back. Yes, he was despised and rejected of men. Despised. I can't hardly fathom rejection. I think the day and age we live in, rejection is hard to handle. You like to be rejected. Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that persecutest the prophets and stonest them which are coming to you, I would have gathered you like chicken chicks gathered his hands under their wings, and ye would not. Everyone that rejects Jesus is in that bracket. Now, he come for the Jewish people first, and he, he, he cared for them. He invested much time for them. He died for their sins as well as ours, but he died for their sins, and he was there, and he cared about them. He did all these wonderful acts of compassion to them and with them. And yet David said, no, you don't fit in our belief system. And he rejected him. I'm telling you, he was rejected and it hurts to be rejected. It hurts immensely to be rejected. I thank God Jesus never rejects a repentant sinner. He never rejects a repentant sinner. I praise God. He cares. This is a loving God. What manner of man is this? He loves you beyond description. Always remember that. Regardless where you are on your pathway with Jesus, Jesus loves you beyond description. How beautiful. He was acquainted with grief. Yes, he bore Yes, he was despised and rejected. And we'll look at that in a little bit. I don't know if you've ever been spit on in the face 
Only one time that happened in my life, and it was accidental, not intentional. And it's quite a gruesome experience <laughs> to have. Do you know that Jesus would done that twice? Twice? That's, I, I cannot fathom the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The one that if, if anyone ever deserved honor and adoration in every aspect of life, being spit on. I, I want to tell you, friends, he loved you so much that he did it for you. He did it for you. He didn't have to, but he loves you. What matter of man is this? It's undescribable, unfathomable love. That's what it is. Oh, how beautiful. Yes, he was willing to be stricken. And you know, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. I tell you, it's hard to fathom what all he went to, but he was willing to do it for us. And another thing that makes it a little bit more difficult, we as, uh, as, as mortal humans don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Jesus did. He knew what was going to happen tomorrow. He knew what was going to happen the next day. He knew actually when he was born, he knew why he came. But you knew why you came, right? You was born to give Jesus glory. Now, we didn't know that for a while. Uh, at least it was what it dawned on us. You know, this isn't all about me. It's all about Jesus, right? But that happens when we're saved and we're born again. Jesus was come to die. Now, and you know, you're going to die, but you're not going to die for the sins of the world. You're not going to bear the sins he does. You're not going to bear the shame he did. But it says in Luke 24, <clears throat> excuse me, 26 and 27, I'm not Christ to have suffered these things and have entered into his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures of the things concerning himself. Jesus knew that they, the Old Testament prophets we're all speaking of him. You know, we look in Isaiah, Malachi, and all these different and Psalms, and there's a number of Psalms that, that we know relate to Jesus. I would have liked to have been with Jesus on the road to Damascus. I would like to hear everything, and he expounded himself and everything that said in the Old Testament about himself. I'd like, wouldn't you like that one? I'd love to hear that. That would be an excellent sermon. I'd love to hear that. And say, look, did you know that this was of me? It was me. Did you know this was talking about me? Did you know that? And you know, and by the way, this one here is about me too. And I, you know, all the scripture that, wow, that would have been amazing. I'm sure they was wondering, what manner of man is this? I mean, he knows the Bible front and back. And here, all of a sudden you get the picture that this whole book, the Bible, was about Jesus. You know, they were starting to dawn on them. Yes, it's good for us to know that. Yes. No wonder it says in Acts 2, 23, and him being determined by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and with wicked hands have crucified him slain. So that reminds us. That God knew what was going to happen. Jesus knew what was going to happen. Before knowledge of God, he was taken. And it's interesting to think about this. Is this was at the Sermon of Pentecost that Peter was given at Pentecost. And there probably was a fair number of people in that audience 
there was a Jesus crucifixion. Probably was. I, we don't know, but we know that was a big crowd, and it easy could have been a fair number uh, uh, that was there. And he said, and ye, by wicked hands, have taken and crucified and slain Jesus. Yeah, that's what it was. It was wicked hands. And he knew all about it, and he was willing to go forth with it. Yes, our redemption, Jesus paid a terribly high price that you and I can be his children. But he was very willing to do that. What matter of man is this? He's a man that his whole character radiates of compassion and love for sinful man. It radiates just full of compassion. Yes, he loved us so much. No wonder it says, I like to look at a few verses in Hebrews 2, verses 9 and 10. Hebrews 2, verses 9 and 10. <clears throat> and we, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, <clears throat> crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in the bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So Jesus was made perfect through suffering. I am glad he is the captain of our salvation. The captain of our salvation. Uh, now, you know, we have captains of the ship. And we see captains, and they navigate around to make things happen. And a good captain will avoid bad spots. And a bad captain will sleep on the job. But Jesus never sleeps on the job. He's a good captain. He's a captain of the salvation ship, CSS, captain of the salvation ship, okay? And we can be in it. <laughs> I like that. Every last person on the earth that that has come to the age of accountability can be part in the salvation ship. And he's the captain. And he had no better captain to have than Jesus. And he said, there, you know, he's made a little lower than the angels. So Jesus, the perfect son of God, had to be made a little lower than the angels because he suffered death for your sins and mine. He was willing to suffer death. He was willing to go through it. Yes, he was made perfect through suffering. No wonder he's called the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Who for the joy that was set before him. Now we want to be like Jesus. But see, Jesus could look past the suffering to the other side. To the other side. Now you might be suffering a little bit, and actually, I in this life, in this country, and we suffer very little, but we do sometimes suffer. I think we can if we stand for the Lord. We sometimes suffer. We, we are misunderstood, and yet <clears throat> we need to be able to be like Jesus, and and let that suffering purify us. Now He didn't need to be made holy, but we do, and that's a privilege we have to to grow in His likeness to let him purify us, to make us better, to make us more like him. What a beautiful, beautiful life he lived. What manner of man is this? Matthew 27. 
Let's look at a few verses of Matthew 27. Cutting in at verse 26. This is the Son of God. They could do anything that he wanted to do, which was righteous. And here he is. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Now, I know you probably heard about scourging. So I won't go into that too graphically. Because it was a whipping like you've never had. Uh, more than likely. And, uh, but one thing I did learn when I was over in Israel <clears throat> that I did not know before, and I'm not sure often this happened, but they said, I actually, on scourging by the Romans in general, the scourging stopped not when the one getting whipped was finished, but the one that was doing the whipping was so tired that they couldn't whip anymore. And that puts a new feeling to it. Here's Jesus, your Savior. And I tell you, you want to talk about love. I would not, and I heard people say, I'm telling you, friends, there was a lot of shedding of blood for your sins long before his side was pierced. Long before his side was pierced. I'm going to tell you, I can't imagine if that's the case. And you know about how they whipped and all them objects and everything. And, and I tell you, it's hard to fathom a man that got and, you know, they would try to get stout men to do this, and they stopped whipping when he was too tired to whip anymore. We can't fathom that. We just can't fathom that. And you know what? He was thinking about my sins, our sins. He's willing to do that. How much love? That's wonderful love. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus to the common hall and gathered and to him, the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had planted a crown of thorns, a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, the king of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. Now, there it is. Now, actually, just a little bit before, uh, before chapter 26 there, uh, what is it? Verse 67, it says, even before the Sanhedrin, it said there they spit on his face and buffeted him and smote him again. So he was spit on the face twice. Over there, they had pretty decent-sized thorns on their bushes over there. Actually, most of our thorns are rather piddly compared to what they have over in Israel, actually. And you've probably seen pictures uh, of the crown, a crown of thorns on his head, but they were crown of thorns like we don't understand. And I tell you, I, I've, you probably walked through a thorn bush, haven't you? I mean, you know, sometimes we get into th places we don't like to get, and you get all scratched up, and the blood starts rolling, and you think, "Oh, I should have never been here." Well, it's hard for man to fathom being the God of the universe having a plaited crown of thorns, and then they beat on it, you know? And they get a reed and beat on it. Okay, his blood is rolling down his back. Have you ever had a head wound? I did years ago. And if you want to see blood, cut your head. 
have it go through your skin on your head, and, and you will have a lot of blood. So there's already two evidences of blood. There's a lot of blood. Now, this is a Jesus that loves you. Uh, if he wouldn't uh, remember, if he didn't love us, he could have changed this picture anywhere. Now, it wouldn't have fulfilled his plan, the plan of salvation, but he could have changed this anywhere. Now, that's what makes it doubly impressive that here's the one that could have, he could have walked off. I mean, he walked off from crowds before. He already did that. I mean, he had no trouble just walking through a crowd and everybody stepping back. You know, when they come to get him, you know, he talks and people fall down backwards. He, he has no trouble doing that. And he has to sit here and contain all this power. You know, you and I don't have that, okay? We, we can't fathom that. And yet he just sat there, okay? He's saying, you know what he's saying? I love you more than you can fathom. You know, you know, here we go through these little times of stress. He said, Jesus is saying, can you fathom this? I want you to understand what your redemption cost me, is what he's saying. Oh, heaven. Yes, blood. If your religion you have is not a bloody religion in the form of Jesus shedding his blood, you're on the wrong path. You'll never make it to heaven. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. It was shed for my sins and yours. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. And we, thank, we, we sing, what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord, that's true. Yes. And it goes on. Verse 31. And after that, they mocked him, and they took his robe off of him and put on his, a remnant, uh, on his own raiment and led him away to Calvary. And as they come out, they found the man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they came into the place of Golgotha, that is to say the place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted it, he would not drink it. Now there's a lot said here. I do not question that Jesus could have bore his cross. If he can walk on water, he can do what he wants, he could have. I want to tell you, friends. He took your and my sins on in his humanity. He was in his humanity. He felt those sins. He felt that rebuke. He felt that scourging. He felt that spit in his face. He felt those crown of thorns getting hit. He felt that mockery emotionally. He felt it. I'll tell you, he took it on his humanity and evidently, he wanted to say, look, I tell you, I am so riddled up physically for you that I'm going to let him carry my cross. There's a place called over there, the way of suffering. The way of suffering. And it is so touching to walk that path. It's just incredible. It's almost tear-jerking for me to even think about it. And you walk that path... And he said, this is the path that our Savior probably walked. And you go through there, and I was amazed. It wasn't out in the country. Oh, but it ended out outside the city. But there were shops. There was markets. And I said, ask somebody. And of course, they don't know. I said, was there probably shops and there were markets? These are, this is a city. It's Jerusalem. You know, and I said, there probably was. Hmm. So here goes a man, he's Jesus, he's your savior. And he's walking there, probably hunched over, 
wreathing in pain. Unfathomable pain. Something way beyond what we think we've ever experienced. Wreathing in pain. And there, all that shame, just so you and I could be redeemed. Hey, friends, that's love beyond description. That is love beyond description. How amazing. And so they wanted to give him a painkiller for that day, and he tasted it, and he knew it would dim the pain, and he said, no way. Nope, he wouldn't take it. You know why? He was going to bear our sins in his flesh. He was going to bear it all the way. He didn't want any painkillers. He didn't want any painkillers. And that's one of the main selling medicines today is painkillers. You know why? Americans can't bear pain. Your Savior did. Your Savior did for our sins. Going on, 35. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by the prophets. They parted my garments among them, and upon the, uh, my vesture did they cast lots. And setting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head the, his accusations written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then there was two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand, the other on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. <clears throat> Likewise also the chief priests mocking him, Mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of the Jews, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now. If he will save him, for he said, I am the son of God. And the thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in, into his teeth. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lambak sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? <clears throat> and some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. And the rest said, let it be, let us see whether Elias will come and save him. And Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, Father, I commend my spirit unto thee. Scripture says, he yielded up the ghost. This is, this is such a moving, moving account. So, the Son of God goes, and they want to crucify him, and his body is riddled already. It's riddled, breathing in pain, blood all over the place, and they say, they're going to crucify him. He lays down. There's no resistance. He ain't running from suffering. See, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I'm going to, you know, he said, I'm going to suffer for your sins. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. And he lays down, and he drives the nails, and he drives the nails in his hands and his feet. He voluntarily did that for your sins. 
Does Jesus love you? Does Jesus love you? It's hard to fathom. There's a couple, there's a lot of things in here that's hard to fathom. Because he said, you know, if he be God, let him come down. Now realize it would have been easy for him to come down. Now that's, that is really where it's difficult. So he could have just come down. And, and they said, we'll believe on him. Jesus knew that wasn't true. Jesus knew that wasn't true. They said all these miracles. And they said, well, he cast out the devil because he's filled with the devil. I mean, you know, they couldn't fathom. They didn't, they didn't understand. And so they ridiculed him. Yeah. No wonder that Peter said it a little later, not that long later. You know, you with wicked hands crucified Jesus. That's correct. Yeah. This act was so, I don't know how to say this, but it was so uh, challenging to God in heaven, there was three hours of darkness. Now, I don't understand all the spiritual dynamics. Uh, that was more than you and I understand. Now, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was not forsaken, but that was very much the human side of Jesus. I just want to let you know. It was him. He, God never forsook Jesus. But I sure can understand how Jesus in his humanity felt like it. Because we have people that go through nothing that compares with this and say, does Jesus love me? And here he was, his love so much. He's sitting there, I'm going to go through this, no problem. I'll, I'll go this because I love you so much. The price for my sin. And so he says, look, I'm going to do anything to help you make it. I want to redeem you to myself. I want to forgive your sins. All you have to do is just ask for forgiveness. Wow, this is our Jesus. And he, and he doesn't complain. Jesus was deserted by his disciples. Then he endured a kangaroo court. His trial lasted less than 18 hours. And yet he was taken to six, six different places. The preliminary hearing with Ananias, a hearing with Caiaphas, a trial before the Supreme Court, first hearing before Pilate, hearing before Herod, the last hearing before Pilate. And that's where then when we started reading in Matthew 27, that's where we was at. Now there's a Roman politician a writer less than a century, century before Christ, uh, before Christ come, wrote concerning crucifixion. It is the most cruel and shameful of all punishments. Let it never come near the body of a Roman citizen, not even near their thoughts or their eyes or their ears. It was not a part, any part of polite conversation. You know, we think, well, yes, he just did it for us. Let me tell you, there was shame in crucifixion. And they knew it. So it was one of the most horrible, undescribable executions and punishments given to man. And that's our Lord. What manner of man is this? He was willing to do it for us. There's no way that we can overstate the gruesomeness of our Savior's death. There's no way that we can overstate it. It was too anguish, physically and spiritually, and as sickening as it was, he was willing to go through it all, knowing it ahead of time. Jesus loves you. I want to tell you, Jesus loves you, and he cares about you. No wonder it says uh, that he bore 
our sins in his own body on the tree. And it sure was. His body was broken for your sins. His blood was shed for our sins. And I'm so glad of that. John 10, verse 17 and 18 says, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received from my Father. Jesus willingly died for our sins. Oh, no wonder we should sing. And not just from adoration from the lips, but from adoration from the heart. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Yes. It's the most extravagant act in history was the death of our Savior. Yes, I'm so glad he knew the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. No wonder the Bible talks about thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift to us as mankind. There's a song that speaks a little bit to this, and I'd like to uh, to quote a little bit of it for you. Oh, sacred head now wounded with grief and shame weighed down, now scornfully surrounded with thorns, thy only crown. Oh, sacred head, what glory, what bliss till now was thine, yet though despised and gory, I joy to call thee mine. O oh, noblest brow and dearest, in other days the world, all fearful, all feared when thou appearedest, what shame on thee is hurled. How art thou pale with anguish, with sore abuse and scorn. How dost thy vintage language, which once was bright as morn. What language shall I borrow? Oh, thank thee, dearest friend, for this thy dying sorrow, thy pity without end. Oh, make me thine forever, and shall I fainting be? Lord, let me never, never outlive my love for thee. Oh, what manner of man is this? He was one that was willing to go through the most gruesome, gory death for your sins and mine. He loves us beyond description. Thank God he wants us as his children. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can review very briefly here this evening the price of our redemption. Lord, we're just appalled at what Jesus, your beloved son, was willing to, to do and, and have and go through to secure us as your children. Jesus, we thank you for being willing to come on earth and to die for our sins. Lord, I thank you for each believer here this evening. Lord, may our thanks and our gratitude be, be exalted, be lifted up this evening for you. Lord, we, we never want to part from our love for you. And Lord, when we don't understand the way, help us understand the way 
that you had to suffer for our redemption. Help us to get a new glimpse and a new grasp of how much you love us, how much you care, and how much you desire us to be your children. Lord, thank you for Jesus' death and for the new birth and the regeneration experience we can each as Christians enjoy as being your children. Bless this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Yeah.